I've always been a big fan of science art. You know that. I know that you're a big fan of science as well. I am working on my book, Atheism Destroys. And as you know, it's, uh, it's uh, the sequel to Atheism Kills, and I will continue on with Atheism Steals at some point. But it is, it's fascinating to me. As I'm asking myself the question about to what extent are there differences in the way that people perceive the world, whether they are with God or they don't have God in their lives at all. Okay, and I'm talking about those people who really believe. I'm not, I'm not talking about those people that say, well, I'm spiritual. Maybe there's a God. Maybe there's not. I'm not quite an atheist, but, you know, I'm cool with it. But, you know, you have your own way, and maybe there's no God at all. I'll figure this out one day when I'm dead, right? That sort of thing. Uh, I'm talking about people who really know. I mean, people who really know that there's a God, for whom God is, is a part of their lives all the time. I'm talking about the person that when they walk about their lives, they know that God is watching, that God is, is evaluating, God expects us to do great things, God expects us to be the best Ari in your case, the best Barack in my case, um, not just to be kind to each other, but also to bring out the best in everyone else, right? The, that the relationships that you have with other people is critical to the advancement of what God wants from us, really from civilization, generally speaking. Um, so that, that's the way I view it. So I, I look at the differences in the way that people look at the world. And one of the things I've noticed is that those who have no God in their lives or, you know, it's not part of their lives. Like I said, that's the distinction. It's not whether they're atheist, it's whether they have, whether God is a material part of their lives, whether God animates their lives. Okay. And those who do not. Now, uh, for those who do not have God in their lives. I've noticed that they really don't have a, a love of science at all. I mean, I, isn't that funny to, to think about that? Because they, they proclaim themselves, especially the atheists, that they are people of science. But they, they don't believe in science. They don't. Well, are you, talking about, are you talking about a love for science or a real belief in science? Or are you making the point that their lip service belief is actually fake belief? Right. It's a fake belief. So you're using love in a colloquial sense. Yeah, of they, they claim to love science, but they don't love science. No. They, there's but, no way. Uh, if, they, uh, if they actually love science, for example, they would understand that this global warming crap is crap. Well, people who have a affinity for science are people who constantly change their minds about any number of things because they don't have core beliefs that are unflexible. Well, and I'm not point. talking about core beliefs like principles. Right. I mean core beliefs on a scientific opinion. How does a matter react? How does an atom react? How does space travel <clears throat> go? What right. makes water wet? You know, those kinds of things. <laughs> because they understand through scientific process, there's always more knowledge that modifies past understandings. You're so right. Right? Uh, uh, yes, yes, that's right. Uh, the, the people I believe you're referring to are people who become entrenched in a position, for instance uh, – uh, global warming is going to kill us all, and you're causing it with your farts. Or another uh, entrenched position, an abortion is just a manicure on a different part of the fingernail. You know, those kind of things. Yeah, that's what I am talking about. And, and there's no modification based on new knowledge. Look, I, I always ask the question, why are things the way they are? Uh, maybe to a, an annoying level, for example. I mean, I have a whole chapter in my book, Atheism Kills, and I mock myself as I write the book, by the way. I say, you know, why, why is Barack talking about this in a book about atheism, right? And, and that the, the, this I'm talking about is why we say please and thank you, right? Why, why, why would that be in a book about atheism, right? When, I, when we talk to, to um, Siri, we don't say, Siri, you know, if it's okay with you, can you please tell me uh, what time it is? series that are okay with me, um, okay with you, you know, and if it's no trouble to you, can you please, you know, tell me what the weather's going to be like Are you saying tomorrow? you don't say please and thank you to your remote electronic assistants? Right, exactly right. Well, I do. Okay, so, so okay, don't derail this. All right, please. Oh, okay, you're making an example. I'm making okay. my point. I'll, like, I'll likewise, just pretend I don't do that. Okay. Likewise, you don't say, you know, hey, hey, Rover, to your dog, uh, would you mind, uh, if it's okay with you, I'm going to throw you a ball. And, and, and really, if it's no trouble you at all, maybe you can bring it back to me. Okay, and we'll call it fetch. Is that, is that cool? And you don't talk like that to your dog. You say, fetch, 
right? Rollover, whatever it might be. And there's a question. So I asked the question, why do we have that? Why do we insist on that? In fact, whether you're atheist or not, uh, you expect your kids to say please and thank you and you're welcome and to be mindful of other people's feelings and not treat them like dogs, as it were. And they never ask the question why. And the ultimate reason, and I'll, I'll get to the punchline on this, is because we recognize that we are creatures of free will. And by my asking you, for example, Kate, hey, can you please pass uh, the salt at the dinner table? Oh, would, would you mind passing the salt, Ari? I, I'm recognizing your ability to say no, that the one of your choices is no. But if I told you, Ari, pass the salt, do it, then it's, it denies your free will. And that is the reason why we do this. Okay. okay? Uh, wait, 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 okay, wait, wait. No, I, that's, so I'm saying that as a sideline discussion about, I, I ask these questions. And I ask many other questions just like that. For example, why do we not, why do we, <clears throat> I mean, we live in a time where we have to reevaluate why we do the things that we do. One of the things, for example, is why we don't talk uh, too much about sexuality in mixed company. We don't talk about, uh, you know, if, if, even something innocuous, for example, tell, telling a, a, a non-doctor woman, let's say, a man saying, hey, you know what, I'm really interested in this Cialis thing, you know. Uh, the erections are just awesome with Cialis, but I hear that there's side effects. What do you, you know, a Viagra might be better in that department, right? If you said, had a conversation like that, right? <laughs> Ari likes this for some reason. If you had a conversation like that in front of a woman, you'd say, you know, there's something <laughs> inappropriate about that, right? Yes. Yes, right? And, and the question then becomes, why? Now the question is, what's wrong with this person? Right, you would say. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> that person's demented. And if a woman started talking to you about, you know, uh, you know, just comes into the office. Let's say one of my uh, staff just says, "Oh, really hurting lately. I, have, I think I have a situation of vaginal dryness going on here." And like, I don't want to hear that, you know. And you know, oh yeah, my husband, he uh, he really gave it to me last night, and uh, <laughs> you know, but just we, despite the lubricants we used or whatever, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, you know, I mean, <laughs> but still, you know, you, you don't expect that. I, you and I can talk about it right now because we're two guys. But if, it, if, it, if it's a woman who's with you at the same time, it feels like it's something inappropriate about that. For her to talk about her dryness or for us to talk about erections and condoms. Let me finish, Sean. Yeah. Um, to, to, I'm saying that not just the workplace, just any discussion, that the, the notion of there's a sense of you don't say that in mixed company. Why do we not say it in mixed company? What was the reason? And you scratch your heads and you can you basically come to the answer pretty quickly. Just like I just said with the please and thank you business. The main reason is that when you start talking in mixed company about sexuality and she starts talking about sex, um, you know, and you start talking about sex, it triggers sexuality. It, it, it triggers the prurient interest that we all have in sex, which is one of the strongest instincts we have. And it, it necessarily might kind of rise to the level where the two will start just taking off their clothes and having sex, right? It, it just, it creates an unnecessary sexuality, a tension that shouldn't be there, especially in the workplace, like you said, but even just on the sidewalk talking to somebody among your friends, you just don't do that. It kind of you don't want to trigger that, okay? There's a there's a time and place to talk about it, um, and we want we want to keep that sexuality sort of out there. Now, let's me move on to the the, the other main thing, because this just that those are just two examples of questions that I like to ask. Why are things the way they are? Why do we do things this way? Okay. One of the questions that I've always had as a, as a kid, even when I was an atheist, is why do we have math? Why do we have science, generally speaking? Why do we have logic? Why do we have the ability to reason? You know, it's, it's a fair question, right? I mean, if it's survival of the fittest, we don't need any of those things, right? I mean, your dog, my, your, your cat, your, and for that matter, any animal in the wild, they do not use math. I guarantee you, they have no sense that there is a galaxy out there that's uh, beyond our own. They don't even know that we're in a galaxy. They don't know that we're on a planet, on a round ball for that matter. They think the Earth is flat. 
they have no sense uh, that the earth uh, revolves around the sun, and they, they think the sun revolves around the earth, and so on. Uh, well, I think you're giving them too much credit. I don't even think they get that far. <laughs> okay, fine. You know. But the question is, why do we have science? And it, it never dawns on them. And, and I, as, a, as a, a man of God, as somebody who really believes that there's a God, in fact, I know that there's a God. Yes, I know that there is. Uh, I think you're, you're a fool if you are you know, 30, 40 years on the planet and you haven't figured out that there's a God. You're a fool. Of course there's a God. Uh, anyway, whether, whether or not he's the God of the Bible and so on, like, that's a question of belief. I get that. But, and I do believe that. But to know that there is a God, yeah, you, don't, don't be a fool. So the question is, why do we have math and science? Here's the reason why. Uh, and it's so obvious to me. And I, I don't think that there's any other explanation. God gave us science and math and logic and reasoning so that we can find him, so that we can be closer to him, so that we may ultimately connect with his godly purposes for us. We, we, that is it. That's the only reason why there is science. Okay? It's not for evolutionary purposes. We know that, right? I mean, if you're an atheist, you should necessarily believe in pure evolution, the notion that we're all here randomly and that everything is survival of the fittest and so forth. Nothing makes sense when you, when you put science into that equation. And that's why I say in my new book that atheism destroys science. And we're seeing it now, aren't we, Ari? We're seeing with global warming, we're seeing it now with this pandemic, the, the coronavirus pandemic, the Chinese virus, I should say. It is a bizarre uh, moment in time where people are simply not infusing science into the equation. They claim to. They say, oh, let's let the doctors decide. Let's let science decide when we end this pandemic no, and have self, the orders self, back to work. It's like the transgender thing. They're self-identifying. They're pretending. Right. They're pretending. Right. They're following science when they're doing the opposite. Right. It's, it's, it's uh, agenda masquerading as science. Right. That's what you're saying. Exactly. And I think that's 100% and right. And it's using the veneer of science as the justification for them doing whatever they want. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's right? always science. I, Don't we I have want, a constitution I, here? No. Science. Yeah. Right? I want the, yeah, the experts should tell us. We, we just rely on the experts. Well, let's let the, run, let's let the experts run the country then. Yeah. But what experts? Our experts. What about these experts? Yeah. Racist, you know, uh, it, it's, it's their science only, it's their experts only, it's their way only. And after a while, as a you know, fairly intelligent person uh, that I identify as, I'm starting to see uh, an agenda here that's not related to the science. Yes. You know, a, a scientist finds hydroxychloroquine works as a cure. Next thing you know, these scientists who are the right scientists well, I don't know about that. Yeah, Turns almost, out, all of a sudden they say right. that hydrochloroquine is a deadly thing and that, that Trump is promoting this horrible disease and maybe he's got some financial interest right. in it, don't you know? Because he's anti-science. Yes, and exactly. uh, here's the thing I found out this week. You know, there's Fauci who, whenever he's asked in front of Trump, what about hydroxychloroquine? He goes, well, I really don't know about that. There was a disease called MERS, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, about four years ago which is SARS-like and coronavirus, Chinese virus-like, guess what Anthony Fauci recommended as the treatment for MERS? Hydroxychloroquine. Of course. So that's, that, mean, that was one of the main things I was going to raise because that, you would think, is a question of science. Does it work or doesn't it work? And it's not a new novel drug. We know that. It's been around for decades for anti-malaria stuff and such. So we know the side effects of it one way or the other. And uh, the clinical trials and everything else, the FDA has approved rush testing now, rush uh, cl clinical, uh, you know, advancement of, of this uh, new drug. And that's great. Uh, but nevertheless, MSNBC, especially MSNBC, is, um, uh, you know, sounding the alarm bell that Trump is going to send us all to our deaths by promoting this highly risky dr drug called um, uh, hydrochloroquine. Isn't that a horrible thing that he's doing? So... That, that's a question of science, right? So that, I'm glad you brought that up because it was one of the points, not necessarily the first point I was going to raise, but definitely one of the points. They are not looking at science on that regard. Here's the other thing they're not looking at. Uh, we now know, and uh, Tucker Carlson, by the way, had a great uh, episode uh, just last night, which would have been, uh, what, uh, April 22nd, 
I highly commend it if you see it. Uh, try to find that one. But he talked a lot about how uh, there are still eight states that didn't go into lockdown. Yeah, in they, one country, sweep. Well, I'll, get to, I'll get that in a moment, right? Yeah. Okay, so you you may think to yourself, okay, because everyone's the you know everyone wants to make carve out the exception explanation why things are so. But what I'm going to say to you is that, and, and where this is going to lead is whatever exception you think is going to uh, explain this difference, it's befuddled by some other situation where, oh yeah, well here is a situation where there are. More people, for example. So the eight states that did not lock down are not having any uh, significant uh, growth in uh, coronavirus deaths, uh, let alone infections. So, and they even have things like restaurants open. Yeah, restaurants yeah. are open. Everything else. So you're not seeing this explosion that you would expect. Ah, Mr. Lurie, but you know they're, that's so sparsely uh, populated, so they're effectively socially distancing anyway. Well, no, because then restaurants would. Of course, you know, restaurants are the same in Nebraska as they are here. And uh, then you also have rodeos and everything else. I mean, they're doing these things. Right. They're not closing and, it down. Yeah. And, and, and that is an important distinction there. So, uh, but, but, but even if you take the argument, okay, well, there's only so many people in Kansas, for example. Fine. Okay. So they still have the, the coronavirus. It's not non-existent. So you would expect it to explode regardless of it. Whenever people got together, it's not happening. Then you compare that to uh, places like, um, like Sweden, like you said. Now, Sweden is, you know, I've been to Stockholm. I've been to these cities. Uh, they're, they're not sparsely populated, my friend. They, they are real cities. And people gather. They congregate. They go to rock concerts. They do. They, they get together. Okay. And it's a cold place. It's not as if the heat is killing these, this virus and the jury's still out on whether the, the heat can kill this, this virus. Yeah, spring comes to Sweden late. Yeah, very late. It's, it's a cold place right now, and, and then we're talking about April. So, and it's, it's just not happening. Now, people are saying, oh, well, there's, there's many more people uh, dying of coronavirus in Sweden than compared to Norway or Finland. Wait a minute. Uh, you know, they're talking about, you know, just the sheer numbers. Whenever you hear about people talking sheerly about numbers then you know you're talking about somebody who is not an honest broker, who's not actually using science. Because the only thing that matters is uh, deaths per million or best, deaths per whatever you want to use, deaths per thousand if you like. But it has to be apples to apples. And in Sweden, the deaths per million are actually quite consistent with the deaths per million in uh, Finland and Norway, and maybe slightly higher, slightly higher. And okay. you're making the point they're, they're maybe slightly higher in lockdown places versus Sweden, the non-lockdown place. Right. Actually, Meaning, the reverse. So, so that Sweden is slightly higher that's why I said. in terms of the coronavirus. Or that's why I meant. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, compared to Norway. But, yeah. but if you look at – and then going back to the numbers, if you need to compare a, a country in terms of overall population versus its numbers of deaths, then you would compare Sweden to not just Norway, but Norway plus Denmark. That would be a, a you know an actual reasonable comparison in terms of actual population. They're not doing that because you know viruses know that there's a border and they just stop right at the border, don't you know? Right. So yeah. so that's one thing. So then uh, you, you talk about this. So so and then Belgium for some reason has this enormous uh, coronavirus death rate. Um, people don't realize that, but that's one of the things that's going under the radar. You would think that Sweden would. Uh, be worse than Belgium, but no, Belgium, which is engaging in massive lockdown, same thing with England, same thing with France, uh, Sweden is doing better than those countries. There's a great article from Reason.com that, that speaks exactly on this issue. Everything is relative. If you want to make Sweden look bad, they compare it to just Iceland, for example. Okay, they've got more deaths than Iceland, per, per million for that matter. Uh, but you compare it to Italy, uh, which has lockdown now, and Sweden never had a lockdown. Sweden is way ahead of Italy in that department. Okay, and likewise ahead of Belgium. Likewise yeah. ahead of England. Everything. Yeah. What so you're saying is it's like doing fractions, part of math, and only doing numerators and no denominators. Yeah. yeah exactly and, right. And exactly. The right. reason I bring that up is because on the NBC nightly news at eleven here in Los Angeles, every night they give you a running scare count. Tonight we reached a new record of deaths in wherever, and they show you a number. 
Right. And it's a terrifying number because it's a number. But what they leave out is population. So they show L.A. County. For those who don't know, L.A. County has 24 million of California's 39 million people. Right. More perhaps because there's illegal aliens galore here, but let's leave that out. Let's just take that number, 24 million. But they only tell you we've reached 600 deaths in L.A. County. It was 500 yesterday. It's 600 today. Right. Another 62 people have died in L.A. County. And you know what number they leave out? The denominator. They never tell us that we're a population of 24 million right. people in a county. I'll get, I'll we're get losing that. one out of every 100,000 people. There's a denominator problem and there's a numerator problem. Well, so there's a science problem. Yeah, there's a science problem. Yeah. It's a, it's a, this is a basic math problem. I mean, right. seriously, you could. this is not something that requires you to have a, um, a PhD. This, 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 is, this is basic fourth grade. That's right, fourth grade math. Yeah, Once you I learn can fractions, tell you for sure because my daughter's in fourth grade and doing fractions right now, and it's yeah. Yes, okay, so you know, <laughs> yeah. So it, they have you know, and one of the questions that you see on your your kids' tests is, you know, is I'm just going to give an example, one over three greater than, less than, or equal to, uh, you know, two over five, for example, right? So you got to you got to figure it out, okay? That, but they can do that math, and uh, that's. That's a very important question, right? But if you don't know what the denominator is, and for example, instead of two over five, you would say two over X, you would say, I don't know. The answer is, I don't know because I don't have enough information on this to meaningfully answer that, that question. So they have a numerator, uh, sorry, denominator problem. I'll get to the numerator problem in a moment. <clears throat> now, uh, and don't forget to uh, remind me about the Stanford study, okay, study later on because that's one of the math things. But since we're on the denominator issue, let's talk about that. So the denominator problem is how many people are actually infected, right? We must agree on what the denominator is. If the denominator is defined that as – even if you go to the denominator, we, we have people who have an agenda here, and their idea is to lower the number of the, of the denominator as much as possible. To, so in other words, the fraction will be much higher. Right, so that you have 600 deaths reported in L.A. County out of a total population of 700 people. We have a crisis yeah, we have here. a crisis. Right. <laughs> right. So, that, that's, so, it, it, so giving you a number without the denominator is meaningless. It yeah. really is meaningless. <clears throat> How many people have died in, uh, you know, if, if, if you, I mean, example, Chicago. Chicago has murders per year, right? It's 700 per year, I think it is. Uh, which is a lot. Uh, but if you just said the number, hey, there have been 700 murders in Chicago, and that's all you say, <laughs> well, then you, you don't have any perspective. You have nothing to latch on to. Is it 700 in the past century? Is it 700 per day? Is it 700 per year or per month? It, it makes a difference what, what we're talking about. Now, yeah. And there's also two denominators here at play, like in the NBC News reports. There's the total population of the county they're not telling you. Or when they give the county by county counts. And also the other thing they've stopped doing is telling you how many other people are dying of any number of things during the day. Oh, yeah, no, we're going to get there. I know you'll come yeah, to. Yeah, so, because so, I, I just want to make the quick point about media here, which is so hilarious. Ironically, all of the it's bleed, if it bleeds, it leads um, a mantra that news media yeah, operates by on a nightly basis when things are normal, that's only gone away. They're no longer reporting those 50 murders that are happening live. Yes, that on, is interesting. You know, Beverly White isn't coming to you from South Los Angeles on the latest shooting Okay, now. so let's talk about the denominator, though, still, because it's, it's an important part. This is a major takeaway that you should have from this podcast. If you don't get the denominator right or you fudge with the denominator, you are not, you're going to have meaningless information. Hence the X I told you about. You will not be able to evaluate it. So um, meaningless information, i.e., news broadcast. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if the denominator is only those people who go into the hospital with the coronavirus infection, or who self-report and say, "Oh, you know what? I'm getting all these terrible symptoms, and I'm going to the hospital because it seems to be coronavirus," and then and indeed it is coronavirus, and then we wait to see whether or not he dies. Well, then you've got yourself a uh, a fraction. That may very well be very a very high fraction, and that's not a not a good thing. And you would say, "Oh my gosh, the death rate is X." Even with that, by the way, it's anywhere between one and four percent, depending on the country that you're talking to, with the exception of Iran, which claims it's ten percent, which makes zero sense whatsoever because the the death rate 
has to be more or less the same everywhere in the world. This coronavirus doesn't care if you're from Iceland or from South Africa or from Canada. It just doesn't care. And uh, so it, the, the fact that there are so many different kinds of death rates, you know, 0.01% here, 0.1% and 0.2% there, and 0.10% and 10 there, means that somebody's not doing their math correctly. That's all it means. You have to understand that, my friends. Yeah, and in Italy, things were a little different with the hysteria. Yeah, I know. I'll get, I'll get that. But, but they're not that. That I, I just want to make the, uh, a quick point about this because I think it's, it arcs it, which is that was before there was the information we have now, though. Of course, of course. It's all, all ultimately unknown information. And there is a death rate out there. there it, we don't know what the death rate is. We're still you know, figuring it out. We're, we're wiping away the, the windshield, so to speak, to figure out and to seek more clearly what's what. You know, is it a monster behind the windshield? Is it just you know, a Boy Scout behind the windshield? You know, is it a fly behind the windshield? Who knows? But we have to wipe the windshield in order to see it clearly. Now, uh, what we, we, the actual death rate should be and I think intellectually this is obvious, it should be the infection. The number of infections should be the denominator. Whether or not you have symptoms, that should be the denominator. The infections, the total number of infections. Yeah, not those admitted to the hospital, not those who are sneezing, coughing, wheezing, total infections. Total infections, whether yeah. they realize it or not that they've had it. I, you know, maybe you and I have had it and, and, and we just never knew it. Right? It's possible. We should be in that denominator if that is the case. Now, I told you about the Stanford study because this goes right to this issue. No, no, no. I was supposed to remind you. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm reminding you about the Stanford Thanks. study. Thanks. That was a waste of about yeah. 10 seconds. So the Stanford study, what did they do? They took a study of uh, 3,500 or so people in Santa Clara County in uh, Northern California, and they just grabbed everyone. And, you know, obviously they're volunteering, but they, 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 they tested them. And it turns it's out California. So I thought maybe oh, yeah, they did point. grab yeah, them off the street. I, I could, I could be corrected their here. blood. <laughs> That's right. You <laughs> bend over. Newsom wants your blood. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but why are you making me bend over? Shut up. <laughs> I thought it was just a blood test. Shut up. We need and, to take your temperature too. <laughs> That's right. Why don't you use my ear? <laughs> anyway. So they did this test of about 3,500 people, only to find out that the infection rate is much higher. These people who had no idea that they had, they had antibodies, which means that they had been exposed to the coronavirus and were infected with the coronavirus. That's the only way you can, get, you can make antibodies, is if the virus has actually entered your body. And sure enough, it turns out, wait for it, that the infection rate is 50 to 85 times greater than they had suspected. Let me repeat, 50 to 85 times what they had suspected. That's not 50% more. That's not 85% more. That would only be 50% more, which means, so if you have 100 people, let's just do basic math here, just to make it super duper clear. 50% of 100 is 50, right? So instead of being 100 infected, it would be 150 infected, okay? When you're talking about 50 times 100, you are talking about 5, 50, what is it? 5,000. 5,000. 5, 5, 5, 5, 85% would be 8,500 right. times. Right. I mean, it's a stunning number. It's, it's like Bitcoin level return on it's investment. It's an incredible difference in it. And no one is talking about it because it doesn't fit the agenda. And it, does, it would it doesn't mean that we wouldn't have to, we could go to the beach and not worry. Right. All the Stanford study, and they're now going to extrapolate it, basically says, at the end of the day, the only, only meaning you can extrapolate from that is, this is all bullshit. Okay? Wait, wait. Let me repeat. It's a legal term. I don't think that was clear enough. The legal term, us. and it's a Latin term, it's bullshit. Okay? I know, you know I don't swear very often. But you swear when appropriate. When I think appropriate. you just did. <laughs> this is such a BS time that we live in. This and the utter destruction of the economy. And they're begun what's going to happen is at some point with the hydrochloroquine um, nonsense that in terms of them rejecting its efficacy and the fact that the infection rate is far higher than they ever thought it was. It basically exposes the fact that this is all nonsense. This shutdown of the economy 
this destruction of this economy was an utter, not only waste of time, not only a waste of money, but uh, it, it, the destruction of our civilization. It's like, it, it was like killing, you know, treating a cancer. No, 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 no. Here's a good example. It's like you come in with a sore throat to a doctor, and it's only a sore throat. He decides it's cancer of both your, your, your legs and your arms, and he chops off both your legs and your arms, only to find out he misdiagnosed it. It was just a sore throat. And then tells you you're denying the science when you complain. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And, and now you've got no arms and no legs. <laughs> and he says, sorry, uh, at least you're still alive, so that's good. Yeah, maybe but, you'll learn something about science. Right? <laughs> exactly. That's what – that's – it's really – it's can, a perfect analogy. Yeah. Well, hold on, Ari. Hold on. So that the, the denominator is, is such an important thing, and they, they want to ignore it because they've decided that they – there's a certain agenda playing out. They, they want you to think of it a certain way, and that's what they say. Now, the other the argument that you'll hear, and uh, this I, I heard from Dennis Prager just this morning, the other argument you'll hear is that, my gosh, you know, America has more deaths uh, resulting from this coronavirus than any other country, right? Uh, to which you say, well, wait a minute, we are the third largest population of the world, Behind China and then India, of course, and and yet <laughs> the, we're supposed to have numbers that are similar to what uh, Luxembourg? I mean, that, that's the idea, right? I mean, I, I mean, it's breathtaking how people just don't bother even thinking about these things. Right. Well, math, we math had... is is actually an important factor here, my friends. So they're only looking at absolute numbers instead of the, the deaths per million for one thing. That that's a big problem. And then they don't look at the denominator. We'll get to a numerator problem in a moment. Okay. But that, that's the, the thing that, that aggravates me the most about this, Ari, is that they just talk about the numbers. Then, of course, they don't ask the next question, which is you're, you're comparing it to China. You think that they're giving you accurate information in China, of all places. This, the country, what brung you the Wuhan virus in the first place? After the, lying about it. Yeah, after and that's what I was and say. lying this, about everything else. This is the country. This is from the country. What brought you all the lies and 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 executed scientists who wanted to call make the clarion call about the Wuhan virus. This from the country that pretended it didn't happen. And this then shipped the country it here. That, yeah, and then and then literally shipped it over here to Italy, especially, and and, and New York, especially. Uh, we're supposed to believe these bastards, right? This from the, one of the most evil regimes. It's a dictatorship, you idiots. Don't you get it? That you cannot rely on their numbers. That's like, it, like what's his name? Uh, when, uh, God, the Iranian leader. Uh, uh, Ahmadinejad. Ahmadinejad, thank you. Where he went to the UN and he said, uh, there are no gays in Iran, right? <laughs> After they've killed them all. But the yeah. funny thing is when people laughed at him, and, and appropriately so, he like, looked stunned. Like, why don't you believe me? Uh, because you're a dictatorship and you're an idiot. We know that there are gays out there. In, in Iran, whether you – the fact that you killed them off doesn't mean that they, they didn't exist, you idiot, or, or that you imprisoned them. So same thing here. China is deflating its numbers, and then we, we, we useful idiots in America decide to believe them. It's breathtaking. Now, the other population that has a huge uh, population, of course, is India. I just mentioned that. They did not have this huge influx of uh, coronavirus, let alone deaths from coronavirus, but they still shut down the country, which I think was a big mistake. They should have followed the example of Sweden. Um, part of the reason I think why they didn't have this massive explosion in India, uh, despite its incredible population density, incredible. There's, there's another example of how it, it, how it contradicts the argument that the, the, the reason why there's so many more people in New York uh, who have it uh, than uh, Kentucky or Kansas. Um, it, it, it's a population density argument. Well, guess what? India has a much higher population density than one city called New York City. Uh, so they've got a big uh, fallacy of problem there. So India, you know, my, my personal belief, and again, it's only from the, the, the limited data points that we have now, is that because India has so much of a malaria issue, 
Uh, they eat hydroxychloroquine like candy there. <laughs> yeah, that's right, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, it's funny. A friend of mine early in this. Could you please pass the hydrochloroquine? Yeah, Thanks I got so it. Much. I got if it. Right it's, here. If it's no problem for yeah, you. It's funny. Way. A friend of mine, you know, our friend Andrew, our mutual friend, yes. said to me, What about India? This is back in December. And I, I said, said that. You, I said you that. asked the question too. We yeah. actually talked about this, and it might be on one of the, the podcasts from a few weeks ago, but it's interesting to. Note, and I said, I wonder if there's a connection between anti-malarials yeah. and this, because, you know, I think they, you know, eat quinine with every meal there along with their, exactly. you know, Well, <laughs> their we saw spices. this huge list of, of countries and the number of deaths in each of these countries, and they, they pointed out to where America was on that list, and they had Italy, of course, and China. But then you look at it and you, you ask yourself the very reasonable question. Uh, where's India on this list? Well, it, it actually pertained to – I'll use a, one of Trump's terms. It actually pertained to almost every shithole country in the equatorial region and southern hemisphere. Right, northern all Africa. The, all, all those shithole countries where Ebola and all these awful diseases come from, for some reason weren't getting this. But they're all malarial hotspots. Right. And so, they're so, all so have that, people inoculated full of quinine derivatives. So there's a question about the logic there and the science there, and people want to ignore that. Like, yeah. it, it, you really ought to ask that question. So there's only two ways of, of responding to it, at least from the data points that we have now. One is uh, to argue that, well, the reason why these are corrupt governments that don't won't re- want to report it, or they, they just simply don't have the facilities, don't you know, to be able to even report how many people are infected, let alone people uh, people who have died from this infection? Uh, we just, we just, we just can't do it. You know, what do you expect out of Nigeria? What do you expect out of out of India? That, you know, you're a fool to think that that somehow will mean something. Of course, they, they're more than happy to to uh, listen to China, but that's another story. So that's one explanation. And so they, in other words, they dismiss it. The other explanation is what we've just been talking about. Perhaps they've had a, a good deal of experience. With hydrochloroquine, and it's in the mother's milk at this point, right? I mean, literally, in their communities, in their countries. So, and that's the reason why they don't have this level of coronavirus deaths. So, but people don't even want to ask the question. All right, it's it's fascinating. And when people don't ask the question, and and they take it on faith, they have far more faith than we do, by the way. I mean, it's really uncanny. But nevertheless, they take it on faith. And they want to listen to the science with a capital S, but they don't listen to the science. That's the point. Well, they they don't want science. And I, I what I was trying to get out a few minutes ago is I want to use the H word because I'm I'm at H word now on this mm. hoax. This is a hoax. This is Russia hoax, Ukraine hoax, uh, Trump hoax, election hoax, this hoax, that hoax, okay. global warming hoax, uh, heterosexual AIDS hoax, secondhand smoking okay, so hoax. So hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is now hoax level. Hold on. Hold on, because I don't, you know, people will pause this or dismiss it right now because they, because Ari said that this is a hoax. It's not. He's not saying that it's a hoax that way. He's not saying that the virus doesn't exist. He's not saying that it's not killing people. He's not saying that it's not contagious. He's saying that they're running with this and making this more than it is. I'm talking about the economic sabotage, the political uh, component of this has reached hoax level right. to make an agenda to crater an economy to give them any chance of defeating Trump. Uh, and I'm making this statement right now. Like every other one of these things that they have done that's backfired on them terribly and Donald Trump has turned them into coyote to his roadrunner, this is going to backfire bigger than anything. And I'm saying it right now. You know, I've been saying for months that Trump will win California. This is why now Trump will win California. You might very well be right that he wins California. Because you, the you behavior really of be right. these tyrants, they, they, from a political arc standpoint, over the last few months, the Democrat Party and their debates and their behavior and uh, uh, Snooky Cortez and all the rest of them have taken the mask off and said, see, we're socialists, ha! Now they're showing they're fascists. With these shutdowns and the the Adolf Whitmer, I'm going to get to in, that. In I'm going to get to that. Are shitty, you I'm know. Get to, hold on, hold on. So let's talk about that because that leads nicely to my next point because it's math and it's science that we're talking about. Um, by the way, when you said I'm going to go to the H word, I thought that you were about to say the word hell, and I thought you know that's you know more or less uh, it's acceptable in today's society, and I. I wonder why Ari has lost touch with that. But anyway, I'm, I'm moving on. I, I guess I, I – and I agree with you that they are exploiting this. 
to the nth degree. They have a couple of data points and they say, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. Just like the Ukrainian thing where they, or where they, or, or where uh, they say that there are good people on both sides argument. They, they oh, took that. Yeah. Charlottesville, yes. Charlottesville, where they just ran with this and they made this, they, they blew it up into this, he's a Nazi, he hates Jews. He just he said there's blacks. good Nazis. Yeah, and he probably is, uh, he probably says the N-word all the time and, you know, uh, <laughs> let's, let's let, yeah. you know, lynch all the blacks. Right. That, so, so and by boomerang, uh, this is a perfect example, I'm glad you brought that up, but he's by boomeranging, the governor of that state of Virginia is the one cotton black-faced. Okay, of so all things, I, I, right? don't wanna, I don't want to drill down that, Ari. I, I want to get to the point here about, about how they will take a couple of data points and make it something that it's not. It's just not. Right. Governor Newsom two days ago says, not talking about the 40 million population here, says, we've crossed a milestone. <laughs> 1,200 <laughs> souls okay. are gone. Souls, yeah. And that's why I can't release you. Okay, so, <laughs> right? so they, again, I... Or bear with me while I'm going to continue on with this because I really want to get through this. The point is that you have these people. Uh, they're called Democrats, and they'll jump on anything, uh, and they'll decide that it has great meaning when it doesn't have any of the meaning whatsoever. Isn't you know on a micro level? Think of it. Look, remember all those the, the supposed rash of white cops killing black innocent, black, innocent unarmed teenagers. men, yes. right? Teenagers, no less, right? College-bound students. <laughs> the data points were, oh, okay, uh, white cop shoots black kid. Therefore, it reflects all of uh, racism in America, and we've got a big racism problem and such. The, but you put more data points into it, like, uh, no, the black kid was trying to beat the crap out of the cop at the time, and the cop reasonably thought he was going to die, and he, so he took a shot. And P.S. He was not an honor student, and all the things. That, so you see how they extrapolate. Yeah. And no, wait, 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 wait. Yes. All right. You Go ahead. Let me finish. Oh, sorry. So they, what they do is they'll extrapolate from one or two data points and make make it a monster. I mean, it's 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 phenomenal. Like, you know, when when you were a little kid, and now with our own little kids, you have the connect the dots, right? And you know, when they're really young, you can see. You can see it's a ducky without connecting the dots, right? There's a duck, and now you've connected the dots, and it's, it's right there. But what if I were to just do two dots for you? And I say, all right, what is this? <laughs> You'd say, how the hell do I know? But I can fill it in for you. I, from the two dots, Ari, I can make the Eiffel Tower. I can make a little ducky. I can make a, a dragon. I can make uh, de Blasio. I can, I can do anything with two dots. And that's what they do. It's the party of two dots, right? They, they'll just make it all happen from any it, it data points. And they'll run with it. It's a choose-your-own-destiny story yeah. ready-made for them. <laughs> choose right? Remember those? Yes, I do. I know. Yeah. So, so that's what they're doing. And, and isn't that what they're doing with the coronavirus? And they've run with it. And they decided what the data points are, and they decided what you should be thinking about it as we go forward. Yeah, and, and so they must, only talk about yes. numbers, uh, the, the actual with no correlative denominator, uh, and whatever denominator they do throw at you, it's a false number. The other thing, and now I want to get to the numerator problem because it's it dovetails into what you said before about agendas and such and exploiting these things. They've got a big numerator problem. The numerator problem is that. When people come into a hospital, the numerator is the deaths people. So that's a little easier to calculate, you would think, right? Because uh, we're not talking about infections. We're talking about people who are dying. And people, generally speaking, die in a hospital. Or do they? A lot of people are dying elsewhere. And they may be dying of coronavirus or something else outside of the hospital. That's one thing. So that, that, that's, a, that's a big problem they have. The other thing is they are deciding that people have died of the coronavirus when they just die. People are dying, you know, in the ordinary course. People it, Heart attacks, growths, cancer. It's maybe a surprise to you, but human nature still is human nature, and the human body still – it's not as if, well, on account of the coronavirus, uh, we are halting all other forms of death until further notice. You mean – oh, how about this? Because of coronavirus, this horrible f uh, blight has hit humanity. Deaths. It's never happened before. 
We um, hope it never happens again. But for the first time in human history, people have actually died. Right? <laughs> no, I, I know. but They're basically crazy. No, but it, they, they think, <laughs> yeah. they think in much the same way, you know, the courts are closed. Uh, you know, hair salons are closed and so forth. You know, until further notice, we're going to do this. So I- until further notice, there are no deaths other than the coronavirus deaths. Thank you very much. And please be careful out there. Okay. That's what they think. I mean, so anybody dies who's old, let's say, dies of natural causes, he's died of the coronavirus. And, and who's, who's the one monitoring these things? Who's decided in, in, in a New York City hospital, for example, uh, you know, Harry Smith, uh, I'm so sorry that uh, loved ones, but he's died. And they'll say, I'll chalk it off to another coronavirus death. I, I, I don't trust these people as, as much as I can throw you across the room. I, I just can't. I don't trust them at all. And when people have an agenda, they will ramp up the numbers. We know that. And then there are the people who die with coronavirus, but don't die of coronavirus. There's a big difference, right? If you were going to die anyway, and you happen to be have been infected with coronavirus, but you had this massive heart attack in the process, uh, or, or why, why, you know, and you actually died of that, they'll they'll proclaim that you died of coronavirus, and that's a false number. That's a false death number on the numerator. Side. It's a pad in the numerators. It's a it, for yeah, which, which of course reasons. increases the the death rate. Yeah, and there's many reasons they're doing this. The hospitals are getting funding. There's research people. There's virtue signal points. And there's a political component. So the point is, even the numerators, that tragic 1,200 deaths of California that Governor Newsom spoke about, that's even a fake. Right. It's all fake. That's so why it, I use the H word hoax. So in other words, to go back to that uh, fraction problem for our fourth grader that we were talking about, is one-third greater, less than, or equal to uh, two-fifths is what I said. But we don't even know what the denominator is. And now we don't even know what the numerator is. So the, the, the question is, is one-third greater, less, or equal to X over Y? We don't know. It's, it, it, we don't know either of those numbers. And it's a farce. Yeah, you so if we don't know the, the numerator and we don't know the denominator then we have no business making decisions based upon uh, a a total lack of information. We are completely in the dark about this, and the Stanford study really exposes that. Right. You're basically saying not only is there no science, there isn't even witchcraft. There's at least witchcraft (laughs) based on recipes. If you watch like Harry Potter, it has to be sort of precise here. You know, the words have to be right. You wave the wand a certain way. That isn't even there. There's no precision whatsoever. I'd rather make decisions based upon my horoscope than based upon the numerators and denominators that they're offering us today. So, look, and and then the question is, and this is, again, a question of science and a question of logic, I suppose. Like, one of the things that we raised a long time ago in one of our podcasts is they raced headlong into – social distancing and closing all the businesses right away. That, that was the only solution. Nobody asked the question, the following question, what else can we do? Yeah, what is alternative? There, is there, yeah, is there something short of utterly destroying our economy that we can do to slow the spread of this and otherwise to, uh, to, to stop, you know, create the flattening of the curve? No. Nope, no, thank you. We have decided to out crazy one another. Right, Doctor Fauci to, said. Yeah, oh, he yeah. said what the science said. Fauci so. said. Fauci said. Fauci yeah. said. Fauci said. And then you have uh, De Blasio saying these things, and uh, and uh, of course uh, Garcetti saying the crazy things. He's dead, closing down the economy in every way possible. And you are crazy if you do not subscribe to exactly what they believe, and if you don't participate in it. Say you're like me and not a joiner. Now you could be. You could be responsible for millions of deaths yes. because you might have coughed like, like the butterfly in Africa making a hurricane, right? Right. You could cough, give it to that guy who then goes to a ball game and gives it to a thousand. But it's you, Garcetti right. said. You, you, you become Without, your own ground yeah, zero. He's yeah. judge, jury, and executioner of me for coughing on uh, Buddy Boy over there. Yeah. No, it's, it's really quite remarkable. The, 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 um, they do not care to listen to the science. They, they don't want reason they don't want logic they don't want math they don't want science in general 
But other than that, their approach is fantastic. You right. Know, it's and, great. And the other thing that I love about it is all of these elected officials swore an oath. And an oath is supposed to be the primary thing you're supposed to primarily do. They swore an oath to defend the Constitution. We are a nation of laws, not men. And they swore oaths, all of them who took office, from dog catcher to president, to swear an oath to defend the, the primary law. But they're all telling us, no, I'm defending life. I'm defending men, right? Yeah, okay. so and they're that, putting that, men before law. I, I agree with you. That's a subject for another podcast, because, that, and it's a big point, but it's not really the science point that we're talking about. The other thing is, you ask the question, again, again, just asking questions, right? Because, you know, in my law firm and the way I've always functioned in life is I like to ask questions, as, because if you, if you can't spot the issue, you'll never find the answer to that issue, Right? So, and that's what lawyers do, by the way. You, you, a client comes into uh, your office and presents a, a fact pattern, a scenario. And if you can't spot all of the issues, then you're not doing a good job as a lawyer. And in fact, you might be committing malpractice for that matter. Could it be that there's a statute of limitations issue? Hmm, who knew? Could it be that uh, this doesn't apply in the situation of securities, derivatives, actions? Okay. Yeah, so these are these be, are issues. Could, could it be? be you signed a contract and you're out of luck. <laughs> well, that's know? another story. Yeah. yeah. That, that does the parole evidence rule apply? I mean, there's so many there are questions, questions, questions. So one of the but we, we're living a time where people don't want to don't even understand what a question is. So you pose to your liberal friends, and unfortunately, it's a political issue now. You pose to them this simple question: Is it possible that there will be more deaths that will result from closing down the economy than from the coronavirus infections themselves? Is it possible? In fact, have you even thought that there might be any deaths whatsoever from the coronavirus shutdown of the economy? And I, I got to tell you, you, you talk to them, and, and it's worth seeing their faces. You to actually talk to them. Nowadays, you can't see them as well. Um, and they look at you like that's just not relevant. They, they never thought about that, Ari. They, they literally thought the world is on pause now. And that there's no other factors to consider other than running away from this virus and, and flattening the curve and all that stuff. No, we have a chance to destroy the economy and, and beat Trump. Of course, no, no, no. no. I, I agree with you. The agenda, to but, them. yeah, no, no, but but to the innocent folk who don't really have an agenda. Oh yeah, media told them what to think, and they, they think it. They, you they know? really believe this yeah. crap, and they. So so you ask them, hey, look, you believe in science, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, how about the science of uh, suicide? Okay, how about this? How about psychologists? Can we talk to them, please? They're, they're, they're you know, they're scientists a, too. It's a discipline. Uh, what about economists? That, that's a science, whether you right. accept it or not, it is. Will there be an impact? Um, the science tells us that for every uh, percent, percentage point of uh, unemployment, there are 10,000 suicides in America per year alone. Okay? Does that mean something to you? That's 10,000. That's a hell right. of a lot. What about all the children who may starve to death? Yes. In an economic so, shutdown. What if, what if it, due to economic shutdown, the crops start rotting in the fields and, and there's a food shortage? There is a food shortage. Even people who are sheltering in place now can't get the food because we've destroyed the means of production and supply. Does that matter to you? Right. But virus. I love it when you grunt like that. It's, uh, you're very articulate when you say such yeah. things. Sorry. But anyway, the point is that, that yeah, they, they don't want to look at these other things. They only see things in the world in a vacuum. And that is how many people have died today from the coronavirus. That's the number that they run with. And then they talk to their friends. Oh, did you hear the latest? It's more than it was yesterday. It's less than it was yesterday. Yeah, and they're offended. And no one knows whether it's a peak or not. And and if you don't if you don't share the same concern and shock and and desire to shut down the entire economy, well, then you're a monster, sir. You are a monster. Right. And they're angry at you for even asking the question. So when you say the very reasonable, well, what are the questions to find? What are the issues? How dare you even ask? Are you questioning Fauci? Right. Are you questioning Newsom? Are you questioning Garcetti? Garcetti cares. If a client yeah. came to my yeah. office and said, you know, back in 1992, this man defrauded me. I literally had a client like this, by the way. Uh, a man defrauded me, and I wrote him a letter, and I said, I, you know, you are a rat, and you're terrible, and I want back my $500,000. And he came to me now in the year 2010. Uh, sorry, 2020, rather. Um, I would say to him, 
Well, you know, one of your issues is the statute of limitations, sir. Um, and there's a, there's, there are some exceptions to the statute of limitation, such as when you discovered the fraud, but you clearly discovered the fraud fairly quickly, and it's been much more than the, the three-year statute of limitations on that. If he were to be, what, what is he going to be? He's going to be angry with me about that? I would say, sir, I, you could be angry with the law if you like, but I'm telling you, you, you cannot proceed with this case, and I will not represent you because you will lose this case. Yeah, you have no malpra- case here whatsoever. Yeah, it would be a malpractice on your part accepting the money from someone to pursue a case that can't go anywhere and you know it. Right, it would be malpractice and malicious prosecution if I right. preceded it. So it's, it's not a good position to, to be in. And, but yet when you ask these questions of the left uh, that we talked about, these are very real questions that cause us to take a headlong approach toward disaster, toward something that could be worse than the Depression. And we're not even supposed to, not even allowed to ask the questions? You're insane. You are simply insane. I'll leave it with one last point, and this is an important one. Uh, we went through this cloistering of ourselves and distancing and closing down the business for one main reason. And it wasn't that long ago, but it seems long ago now in coronavirus time, right? You know, it's, everything's in slow motion. Corona time. Corona time. And that is that we were to flatten the curve. Of hospital admissions. Right. The whole point was that we were going to engage in all this social distancing and and stopping the business and everything else, no more concerts, no more hair salons and so forth, so that we can flatten this curve. And what that means is that we can can stagger the deaths and the uh, intake of patients into these hospitals that would otherwise be overwhelmed with this onslaught of new patients and we would be Italy, just like what we saw in Italy. So right. it would just be horrific. Let's make sure this doesn't happen. And great. Okay. So the country rallied around that mantra. Whether or not that was true was one, was a separate issue. But that was at least a reasonable supposition at a time when people knew nothing. And the danger of people dying by going to a hospital and not being able to get treatment was right, right. something that people were so concerned about. So fast forward to about two weeks ago, at which point... You know, we have flattened the curve. Yeah. We now know that we are at the peak, uh, that, that we have a tremendous hospital capacity. We actually worked, uh, worked around a lot of uh, difficult situations. It turns out we're also much more adaptable and flexible than Italy ever was or will be. Because yeah, thanks to capitalism. Yeah. yeah, thanks to capitalism. And uh, we are ready to rock and roll. Uh, in fact, we're so ready to rock and roll that we have empty beds everywhere in every major city, and people are just flocking away from the major cities, from these hospitals. In fact, hospital employees are being fired, let go, because they, they don't have the business. All right, so notwithstanding all that, we, we still go forward with this. So nobody's reopening things. Yeah, no one's putting the brakes on the draconian measures that have already resulted in the supposed goal Flat, yeah, the that they curve. were justified for because, like any good leftist, communist, socialist wrongest, now there's a new set of goals that they didn't right. tell us about at the beginning. It's called, so yeah, we, we should be saying, hey, look, we flattened the curve, uh, mission accomplished, success, declare victory, whatever you want to say, but no, in the meantime, they've moved the goalposts, and, and, and they say, I mean, at least when they move the goalposts, they actually tell you that they're moving the goalposts. This one, overnight, they just, they pretend that they didn't do it at all. It's just, we wake up one morning, only to find that the goalposts have moved Silently, and then, then they say, "Well, it always was this way." Yeah, we needed. We, I told you, we needed testing. We needed to test everyone. I told you, we needed therapeutics, i.e., a vaccine that will probably sterilize all right. of you. We need. We need a medicine that works. But what about hydro, hydroxychloroquine? Racist. Don't just say that one. You, <laughs> exactly. you know what I mean? It's it's constantly floating. It it, it and this is where. Um, it, it's clear the population is getting restless. One of my favorite images, and I know you want to wrap up, but I just want to say real fast is the nurses and doctors are so free at a lot of hospitals, they're making song and dance TikTok videos. That's the first point. The second point is the nurses seem to be so free, they're now acting as counter demonstrators to people who are demonstrating not the 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 shutdown to flatten the curve, but the draconian measures added as extracurriculars to the shutdown, like not being able to buy like basic household things that are in the same store that's open. But she says you can buy this, but not that in the same store. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it's look at the at the bottom line is this: every we were told that this was going to be a flattening the curve situation. 
Okay, and they lied. It was it was all about uh, something far longer than that. Overnight, they told us that it was uh, overnight. They, they moved the goalposts. It's as simple as that. Uh, flatten the curve. No, it, it, people don't even talk about that anymore as the ultimate goal. Mission accomplished, but nevertheless, we are now moving forward with something far grander. And at the end of the day, uh, we are now struggling with our economy that is ultimately going to be ruined if we, if we continue on this path. We will never get to the point where we will be able to say there are zero infections uh, of this coronavirus, and that's the time that we can start opening our doors. No, thank you. That's not the way we, we operate in America. We, we do take risk. But unfortunately, these people claim to love science. They don't love science. It's clear. <clears throat> it's, they, they are the equivalent of following astrology or horoscopes, or, or better yet, Ari, uh, looking at fortune cookies and deciding that they are people of science <laughs> because they're engaging in predictive uh, analysis based upon a fortune cookie. No, that's not the way it works. You are not engaging in science. Science is the last thing that you are doing here. And that, uh, that is the mission of this podcast. You are engaging only in agenda and ultimately the destruction of our American civilization using this as a pretext. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk with you next week.